0: Previously on the Death Saving Bros podcast. You guys had made it to Principium, made your way to the area where you recall the cave of the circlet of the Diademic Zorius was in the past. Where the cave entrance should have been, there is now one of those sloping walls. Are we pretty
1: confident that Yep, this is exactly where we want to get through this wall?
2: No.
3: All right, I want to find a guard, just look like 300% done with any shit. Just be like, hey man, they didn't really tell us what we need to do. They were just like, go look at these walls ASAP. We just need to get in
0: guard goes, no problem. Here, and he unlatches the door. Go on in. There is a service hatch that leads down.
2: Just the one that leads down?
0: There's one that also leads up.
2: I guess we're going down.
0: We'll call it the west end of the corridor. You can see a metal door and at the east end of the hallway there is a panel with a bunch of levers on it.
1: I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just waiting for instruction. <laughs> I'll just grab a random lava and pull it. Uh, uh, no!
3: <laughs> Based off of what we remember, do we know like what direction ish that the uh,
0: staff key slot was you're pretty sure that you're deeper underground than you were when you originally went into the cave we're switching guards we need you to come back up what exactly is it you're down there trying to do inspecting some walls I hope they're not trying to build a new tower that'll cut right into the ballroom of the Alistair family what do you actually know about that family? They've got all sorts of magical objects that they used to blackmail the king. Me and I think we should double Warhammer this wall, huh? Behind the bricks, you see natural earth
3: on the west the side of the, the corridor. Peek my head through that door.
0: Inside, you find a ladder. Let's try going up. And you find yourself in a wine cellar and face to face with an entire kitchen staff. Have you lost your way from the party upstairs? I'm gonna head towards the party. So you guys leave the kitchen and you can see the magnificent ballroom and hanging from the ceiling, a chandelier. At the very tip of that chandelier is the circlet of the diademic Zorius. Welcome to another episode of the Death Saving Bros podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master,
1: Paul Camper. With me today, I have Ben Renfro. What does a robot do at the end of a one-night stand? He puts his nuts on Paul's forehead and then bolts out of there. I hate that that was actually kind of good. Matt Smith.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Why are drag races illegal? (laughs) Because you need to be slow and careful and deliberate when you drag your nuts. Across Paul's
2: forehead. Brad Renfro. A clown boy, half clown, half cowboy, would say ye honk. <laughs>
4: <laughs> Eric Nemeth. So I got a deal for all of our fans right now. If you send me a message on Instagram, I'll send you back my Venmo. You Venmo anything under $100 and you get a picture of me. Anything over $100 and you get a candid, hand-painted portrait of all of us dragging on nuts, calls Paul's face. And Brad Richards.
5: Do you like like go to bed at night thinking tomorrow's going to be a good day? You wake up in the morning, what a terrible joke can I say Sunday to really <laughs> just kick Brad right in the nut bag? Because <laughs> I don't even remember what the <laughs> fuck you just said. It, honk, I, I believe. <laughs> was it the cowboy clown? Is that what it was? Cause yeah. Jesus Christ. Right. Yeah, some good good homie family fun here yeah it was just <laughs> fucking awful
0: good home family entertainment that's what we accomplish here on our fifth edition actual play dungeons and dragons podcast we hold sure on, fucking
3: do did you say that. family
0: <laughs> if there's a family
4: that's letting the small children listen to us you're a terrible parent does every
1: family have small children? What about an older family? No, no, no. No kids are like all the day yeah, listen to us. We're, we're good them.
5: for listening while you're making a family. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh my god.
1: Can we have one episode where we're just we're very sensual? <laughs> That's oh, every you episode. Mean
0: one episode? You're not talking about every single episode, especially at the beginning when you're talking about dragging your nuts
1: across my forehead? No. no. One episode specifically Wait, you, you for lovemaking.
3: That, you find that
5: sensual? <laughs> <laughs> Just the only thing in the background After you guys are talking is just
0: (laughs) (laughs) Or we just all start talking Like Barry White with smooth jazz Playing in the background
5: So just I roll
3: for seduction And I roll (laughs) Real good Real real good
4: I just rolled a natural
0: 20 And that's some good (laughs) stuff I'm gonna give ya
3: You got a critical hit on my heart
0: Maybe we'll make a, uh, a sensual, sensual track for uh, our Patreon content. All right, let's go ahead and get into the episode itself. How's that? So last time on the Death Saving Bros podcast where we left off, you all had made it to Principium, the capital of Trugal Kingdom. Following your flashback memory, you went to the area where you thought that the Diademixorius Circlet might be, uh, at least based on where it was in the past. And when you got there you realized that there had been a wall built over that area, so you went inside the wall, down a service hatch, went looking for the cave where the Diadem aureus circlet was, busted down some walls, and eventually found your way into the Alistair family manor, where upon walking into this magnificent lavish party, which is being held in the Alistair family ballroom. There's a chandelier, and the circlet has been transformed into the bottom portion of the chandelier with crystals hanging from it. And that's where we're picking up today.
2: Just free range there?
0: Yeah. uh, You guys are standing on the threshold of this ballroom. Um, I guess I can paint the picture again for people that may not have heard our episode in a little while. Uh, The ballroom, again, magnificent, absolutely lavish. The floor is inlaid with lapis lazuli and gold filigree, and it's in swirling motions evoking the changing tides or the wind, and people are milling about. They're talking, but they're also dancing, and their dresses and their tux tails are twirling about, evoking the same feeling as the floor. You have musicians in a gallery up above the ballroom floor. Gigantic pillars positioned at regular intervals, and they're made of pink marble all around the exterior of the ballroom. And uh, there are dishes and trays and tables laden with food, and everybody there is way better dressed than you, even Prothean, who is maybe dressed as well as the servants. Damn. Damn. Yeah, I'm apparently poor right now, which is pretty fucked up. We're talking like Jeff Bezos, Ritz. Yes, unnecessarily so.
2: All right, so I'm going to activate my Staff of Invisibility at this point.
0: All right, uh, so you reach for your staff, and as you do so, you feel a uh, touch on your shoulder, and a woman appears in front of you. She steps in front of you. Uh, she looks at you directly in the eye, and you can see that she is actually a tiefling. But it seems like her tiefling lineage may be pretty distant, because her horns are very mild and they only protrude just a slight bit out of the front of her forehead and sweep up just a tiny bit. Her teeth are a little bit sharper, but less of like a fangs sort of way and more of like a, um, well I say feline, but feline has almost fangs too, but more of like a feline grin. And her skin is less colorful than Abe's is. It's a russet red, trending more towards dark skin tone. She is wearing a long green dress that covers one shoulder, leaves one shoulder bare. It's very simple, but clearly made of fine material. She is wearing a gold belt and she has long brown tresses with green eyes. And she looks you directly in the eye jet, holds your gaze for a few moments, then looks at everybody else and says, well, I would like to welcome each and every one of you to the Alistair family party. Perhaps you would care for a drink. And she motions to one of the servants and immediately before you there is a tray with six flutes of champagne. She takes one for herself and takes a sip and motions that each of you should take one as well. I'm going to take one.
3: Might as well. Guess I'll take one as well. Thank you, ma'am.
5: Fucking down it.
4: I'm going to introduce myself. I am Lord Prothean of the House of Greymane. A pleasure to meet you.
5: Prothean. The
0: pleasure is all mine. I do a little curtsy bow. Oh, a curtsy? Well, that's not something that I normally see from men, but I appreciate the gesture all the <laughs> <laughs> I was about
4: to say. Wait, men don't do curtsy bows? I honestly do not know this. Yeah,
2: absolutely not.
5: Men
0: bow, and women typically curtsy, and she curtsies back. Fuck.
5: <laughs>
0: I honestly thought that.
5: He fucked up, eh, Aaron? <laughs>
0: I done fucked up. I did not know that. I thought it was what that was called. Oh, not to worry. Nobody here is paying attention. And she winks at you as you all laugh and says, oh, It's been getting so hard, you know, living with the things you do to
3: me.
2: Ooh. I'd still like to turn invisible.
3: While she's staring, like, directly
2: at you? No, not not there. <laughs> <laughs> but...
3: Uh, she
0: does turn slightly so that you are only in her periphery view, Jet. And she turns to Abe and says, I'm sure that you are all from out of town. You do seem to be a little underdressed for this event. I apologize. My
4: manservants did not pack clothing necessary, and I was not expecting to be invited to such a
0: elegant event while in town. Ah, but Prothean, we both know that, you're, that they are not your manservants.
2: I mean, I kind of am. How does she know your name?
1: he introduced himself <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god And what are the rest of your names I apologize I didn't catch your name
0: Well first let me hear your names and then I will be sure to introduce mine I am Abraham Van Halen I want to give
1: her a curt little nod Abraham
0: Welcome
1: I'm Brixius Hammerbottom and this is my brother Ambionitus Hammerbottom we're orphans
5: <laughs> my name is Ami and I'm Hammerbottom. This is my brother Bricks, yes. We're both orphans. <laughs> <laughs> Our parents died by demons. There are many parents, but these ones are mine. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs>
1: Our entire tribe slaughtered.
5: Dead. Heads ripped off. Children. Murdered!
1: Only two survivors raised ourselves in the woods.
5: If you survived that day, raise your hand. And we both raised (laughs) our hands.
1: Good
0: visual joke there, Ben. Raising your hand.
5: Hi, I'm normal. I thought the core would help me straighten out my life, sir. The (laughs) core! That's what
4: I
0: was thinking the whole
5: time
0: we were
2: talking all
0: right, and Jet, have you turned invisible while she was slightly turned away from you, or are you still there?
2: Oh, I, I poof vanished. Okay,
1: we're on a quest right now to find the demon that killed our family. His name is Four Lyris. Have you seen him? Sounds like four wheeler. <laughs> Almost it's like not... a four wheeler. Overdrive.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have not seen a demon named Four Lyrus. uh <laughs> He's going with this. She takes <laughs> Abe's hand. Puts it between her own and says, I know that your friend's name is Jet, and I know that he is no longer with us. Oh, shit. (laughs) He must have stepped out to the bathroom. My dreams are getting so strange, and I'd like to tell you everything I see, but we have very little time. And she turns and points to a man who is being very loud and boisterous in the back of the room, and she says, can you see that man?
3: I want to turn around and be like, Huh? Who? No, I guess I'll glance over and be like, That loud as fuck dude right there. No.
0: Yes, I... Not at all. I see a man at the back, as a matter of fact, and... There's a man
2: in the back, as a matter of fact, And it turn to a ball of blitz.
0: And I see your friend Jet, And his eyes are as red as the sun.
2: That's... That's not good. Oh? <laughs>
0: His eyes were red.
2: Sorry, I met some guys that were playing with the band earlier, and, uh... <laughs> 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 he really,
3: after the, the flashback, he really, uh... <laughs> <laughs> took that characteristic
0: And then she lets go of Abe's hand and says, Boys, I want to warn you. It'll turn into a ballroom blitz if Jet gets his hands on that circlet.
1: We can contain Lady, anything that what happens. Was your,
0: what was your name again? My name is Dalvia. Alvia. And I'll be the girl in the corner.
1: Okay. It's a girl in the corner. Is that code? <laughs> no, Does anybody it, know if that's code?
2: He's or punning the Ballroom Blitz song by AC/DC. Code. That's AC/DC? not
5: ACDC. ACDC? Who the
1: heck is an ACDC? You
2: mean Akadaka?
1: <laughs> uh, that, that's, that's when I try to read any word it looks like Akadaka.
0: <laughs> Ballroom Blitz is by Sweet, not ACDC.
1: I
5: was going to say, that's definitely not AC/DC. Yeah. Do they at least have a cover? No.
3: No.
1: Alright, so What is your angle? You said that Jet isn't here I see him, you say if he touches That everything's going whatever Jet, what do you have to say about all this? Jet's in the bathroom right now, I think Oh, okay Well, we can control our friend Don't worry, but I just want to know why you say this How you know this, and what's your angle Who, who, what, where, why, when, and how Her angle is vertical She's standing up right now I don't know, Angles. I didn't take geometry. We didn't have parents to teach us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She says, I've seen this day coming, and when you appear, there's nothing left of you.
5: Good.
1: Wait. That's ominous. So how do you see the future, and what do you mean there's nothing left of me? Like, am I dead in the future?
0: While you're asking her these questions, Jet, where have you gone with your invisibility?
2: So this chandelier is just... Is is it hanging like near the pillars or anything that I can get up to it?
0: It's hanging in the very center of the room
2: and how how high off the ground is it
0: the end of the chandelier would be 30 feet above you Uh, The chandelier hangs 20 feet the ballroom is a total of 50 feet in height
2: 20 feet above okay, so I guess what I am doing at this time is I am stealthily tying, or I'm walking up the uh, the pillars here, and I'm going to tie a rope across so that I can just kind of like shimmy over to the chandelier.
0: Okay, give me a stealth check to see how easily and quickly you
2: accomplish this. 15.
0: Alright. Um, roll with advantage, actually, because you are invisible.
2: Oh, boy. 25.
0: Okay, that's much better. <laughs> you do this in rapid fashion, and so you're, you're taking a rope up one pillar and then are you just going to like walk around the edge of the room like above everybody or are you going to go back down into the crowd along the ground and then up another pillar?
2: The first option.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So you now have a tightrope above the, above everybody and what are you going to do?
2: I'm going to tightrope over there. I'm just going to take the uh, circlet there at the bottom of the chandelier.
0: Okay. As you do this, any object that's on you when you're invisible is invisible, but once you have relinquished the rope, it becomes visible. You are trying to be quick and stealthy, and as you make your way across the tightrope and you grab the circlet, you hear a cry from down below, and the circlet is in your hands. The chandelier tinkles and uh twists as you yank the the circlet free you look below you at the shout and you see that it is the same man that was pointed out by dalvia to the others the man who is loud and boisterous and irate and he has a few medals on his chest like uh rank medals and he's looking up and shouting and pointing at you and the circlet that seems to be hovering in place he shouts out GUARDS! SOMEONE IS TRYING TO STEAL THE CHANDELIER! Hmm. Brixie Sambionitis, Abe and Protheon, you all hear this as Dalvia gives you a wink and steps over and out of your way as guards rush from the sides of the room and from outside the room.
4: Uh, yeah, I draw my sword, y'all. Guards, follow me. We're gonna try, uh, catch them. Uh, can I roll up a persuasion sec see if they actually that I'm help, trying to help them?
0: Uh, deception steps all right
2: because you're trying to help me
0: well fuck now that's all one <laughs> <laughs> all right you yell that out which only draws attention to you and uh well actually it's not guards so much as it is uh some of the party guests have swords and there are a few guards but a lot of the party guests just have swords and they all draw them a couple of them nearest you kind of like make a line in front of you you see the biggest baddest of all of them he's got a bald pate and he's he's older but it looks like all of his weight is still made of muscle he turns to his companions and says you ready Steve? Andy? Mick? and they all nod he says alright fellas, let's go and they attack you, let's roll for initiative
2: 13, woo!
0: 10,
2: 11 I got 19, 14
0: all right, give me a give me a few moments because I am putting a bunch of people
1: in order. <laughs> Sorry, guys.
3: We're about to get our teeth just fucking kicked in.
1: Why do you have to try to jump in, Protheon? I was trying to like distract them
4: from what they saw him off the jet up there. So I figured, no,
1: oh. they just saw something floating. They never saw a jet.
4: They said to the- yeah, I figured like, oh, I'll get to go out to follow me some down some random hallway. Why would they run down a
1: random hallway and not to where the
4: trouble is? Because <laughs> I was trying to take a lead.
5: That's your I'm first for problem. It.
4: I thought it would work. Fuck you guys. I was trying something.
5: Hey, I'm for it. Fuck it. Kill him.
1: Yeah, we can kill all the guys. We don't want Jet touching anything, right? Uh, he shouldn't be touching anything.
3: <laughs> I mean, he's already touching it.
1: Is this about to be a
0: clusterfuck? Yes. <laughs> a little bit. Okay, so, first up in the initiative order is Prothean. Uh, I'm going to look for the biggest guy around. Biggest guy would be uh, probably the guy that had called out Jet on the tightrope, but the nearest big person to you would be the guy that said, all right, fellas, let's go. They're attacking us, right? Yes, they have lined up in front of you, and they have their swords drawn. Well, my long sword's already out from when I tried
4: calling him towards me. Yes, you do. Because I am going to slash at that guy's neck, blowing decapitation swing. Uh-huh. All right, give me a roll for
2: that. Zero
3: to a hundred real quick.
2: Gonna have it better myself.
4: Sixteen. Not going to do it. I'm going to roll my a second attack.
2: Doesn't your first attack have to hit before you can do a second attack? No. No.
4: no. Where
5: the fuck have you been? Hey,
0: I did not hit. I rolled a 7. I'm not going to do math. That's less than last time. All right. Uh, So you go for the decapitating swing, and the soldier steps back, easily dodging, and... My second swing is going to be like a thrust. He steps back, and his companions on either side step forward to intercept you, blocking your swing and attacking you in return. Ooh, I think that was a 17, but it landed on a 10. Plus... Does a 16 hit? It does not. Okay, so neither of those first two attacks hit you, but they're going to swing again, and I'm guessing a 19 will hit. It will hit. All right, so one attack hits you as they start a furious flurry of blows, and one of them happens to nick you on the inner thigh, dealing you 10 slashing damage. You said 10 damage? Yes and then jet you are up you are on the tightrope above the party guards have been called swords have been drawn in response to the call to arms uh basically everybody's attacking and that man in the back who looked ready to crack as he raised his hands to the sky
5: you're doing terrific (laughs)
0: thank you he is below you pointing at at the floating circlet you are still invisible
2: well, okay, so... At that point, I will... Can I use... Do I have to be using my invisibility... St- like, wielding that staff to be using the invisibility effect?
0: Yes, you do have to be holding it with one hand.
2: Can I dual-wield staffs?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. Um... So, you can only dual-wield... You can only two-handed fight without the dual-wielder feet if the weapons are light so I'm going to have to double check if the quarterstaff is light, which I do not believe it is. No, the quarterstaff is not light, so you could only have one quarterstaff wielded before you.
2: Well, that ruins my plan. Okay, so if I tuck in the circlet, like, in my clothing, will that then become, like, invisible to the eye as well? Yes. All right, so I'm going to just tuck it into my shirt real quick. And
0: it disappears.
2: Poof, vanish but gonna move myself a little bit further down the uh tightrope so that you know the location's a little off and uh, really throw me off that i can't wield two staves at once what if one of them is a light one or did they both have to be light weapons i think it's just the offhand weapon needs to be light
0: no you have to have two light weapons
2: okay
3: Not both
0: yeah uh on page 195 of the player's handbook. Uh, light weapon in one hand, you can use a bonus action to attack with a different light melee weapon in the other hand.
2: What if I'm not using it for that beat? Like, what I want to do is I want to turn my, like, I, I want to stay invisible, take my staff of composition, turn it into, like, an Indiana Jones whip, and then swing myself from the tightrope. Yes, you can do that. Okay.
0: Um, as long as you're not trying to wield it as a weapon, I'll allow that. I would just treat the the Staff of Invisibility as just an object that you're holding in the other hand.
2: Okay, cool. So I do that, and I'm trying to aim for the exit that we came in.
0: Okay, well, in order to change the Staff of Composition into a whip, that will be your action, which would end your turn.
2: Right, right, yeah, that's a two-turn thought. So, yeah, I'm just a little bit off the ways from where they saw the circle disappear, so they don't, like, you know, shoot an arrow directly at that spot and just somehow hit me. Um, and I'll wait until next turn.
0: All righty. So that is the end of your turn. Next up, Jet, you are going to need to make a wisdom saving throw for me.
2: Am I allowed to know why? Nope. Fifteen?
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. As you scurry to the left or right. Are you going left or right on the rope?
2: I'm going to... So I started at one end of it, and then I got to the chandelier, and I'm going to be continuing towards the other end.
0: Okay, so in my mind, you're working from the left side of the room to the right side of the room. Sure. So you scurry a little bit right on the rope, and uh, as you do so, you feel a sudden piercing just the worst migraine you've ever had. And you are going to take 17 psychic damage.
3: Okay. Damn, a mental kick to the nads.
0: And you feel like there is a spike buried in the back of your skull.
2: All right, so I'm going to be holding on to the rope a little bit as I'm clinging to life.
0: And it is now Ambionitis' turn.
5: All righty.
0: You currently have four... Uh, sword-wielding individuals in front of you, and two of them are engaged with Prothean.
5: Well, that's not very Congratulations. Nice. I want to engage with one of them.
1: Is our real goal here to fight these guys, or to stop Jet from actually getting away from this and ending the world, probably? That's a good question. Why would he be ending the world? Maybe he just decided that he wanted to grab it quickly and you could get out of there. I, I, jet touching anything magical like this, I do not trust him. Fair.
5: Too late. I'll oh, piss.
2: You can see my invisible. I have an invisible tear running down my invisible face as I heard that.
1: Does it
3: become visible once it drips off your
5: your face? <laughs> Wait a minute. Can I get mad and rage?
3: Yeah. Of course you could rage. Get angry. Get upset. You're the sad barbarian. Okay, so what? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: you're just tears streaming down your face, or you're swinging your axe. <laughs> the sad barbarian. It sounds like a painting portrait.
5: <laughs> Okay, so I want to pick one of them. Does it matter? Okay. Nope. Guy on the left.
0: Are you going after the ones on Prothean, or are you yes. going after one of the other two that are in front of you?
5: Guys on Prothean. Guy on the left.
0: Okay, so you step forward and you roll to
1: hit. <sighs> Thank you for keeping the moaning going as you roll when you're raging after all these episodes. 20, men. Twenty-one will do it. You
0: are going to hit. Um, are you swinging twice?
5: Yes. <laughs> uh. Fourteen. Fourteen
0: is a no-go. So you are going to hit once. What does it look like? It's been a while since we've been in combat. So how are you going to approach uh, your attack?
5: Moonwalking. Going to <laughs> firmly grasp my warhammer walk right up to this man with a dragon on the ground and absolutely uppercut the fuck out of the guy on the left.
0: Okay. And how much damage do you deal?
5: Hold on, I'm not there yet. 14?
0: 14 damage, you uppercut and this guy is leaned forward just a little bit as he was lunging for Prothean. You catch him dead in the chest and you just hear all the breath wheeze out of him. (gasps) And he goes stumbling back, reeling in pain from your strike, opening up an opportunity attack for Protheum. I get an opportunity attack? Yeah, I'll, la- I'll allow Boop. it. The force of that swing made him step out of reach. Is this the one that hit me, right? Uh, no, it was actually the other one that hit you.
4: Oh, well, I'm going to grab at his throat with inflict wounds.
0: Because in immortal words of my father, fuck that fucking fucker. Um, opportunity attacks can only be a melee attack. Oh. Not a spell.
4: I'm going to, like, try to thrust my sword into his throat. Okay, that works. I got a 13.
0: You miss as he goes reeling back. You're not quite quick enough to nick his neck, which brings us to the guards that have approached underneath where uh, Jet had been. They draw crossbows, and they are going to shoot wildly at the area where they saw a floating object and somebody had pointed. They're going to roll with disadvantage against Jet. Does a 14 hit? No. Okay, so that's not going to hit. That's not going to hit. All the crossbows go wild. None of them hit you. Abe, you are next. All right. Just to reiterate, you have Prothean up ahead of you you have one of the guards on him who had been called Steve Mick has reeled back from Ambionitis' strike and he is standing next to Protheon you have two other armed men in front of you that have not moved in in any direction
3: alright how clumped up are the four guys
0: you've got the guy that responded to the name Andy on the far left Mick and Steve are in the middle and that's about 10 feet away from where Andy is standing and then about another 10 feet away from that center is Brian.
3: All right. So if I have something that can affect a 10 foot square, how many of them would I be able to get?
0: Your best bet would be to probably get Mick and Steve. They are the closest together.
3: All right. Also, where we are, how much of, like, a bottle... Because we kind of came out, like, the kitchen entrance, which was, like, to the side of the stairs, right?
0: You came down a hallway into the ballroom, and if you're looking for other entrances and exits, you can see that there's a a corridor behind the musician's gallery up above you. But other than that, there aren't any other exits that you see from this ballroom.
3: For, For them to come at us, like, how much of a bottleneck is it?
0: it is the doors are about 20
3: feet wide alright so I guess I want to pull out my shield and then I want to pull out my wand of good times and I want to glance over to what was her name Dalvia was that it yep I want to be holding the wand and just be like hey and then I want to cast grease on where Mick and Steve are
0: okay and what does Grease do?
3: All right, makes a 10-foot square. Of Grease. Of Grease. <laughs> makes it slick, real, real slick, which becomes difficult to ration. When it appears each creature standing and it must succeed on a dexterity saving throw or fall prone. Any creature that enters the area or ends its turn there must also succeed on the same th- saving throw or fall prone.
0: Okay, so starts its turn or enters or ends?
3: Yeah. And then also when one, one, I cast it, anything that's within the, that area. Okay. So, so since that's from the wand, is it going to use, like, my spell casting save? Or are we going to have it, like... It has a specific save that I gave you. I don't have that save. Oh, I mean, I do, and it's uh, 25. Eh, nice try. Dang it. I it was probably, like, 16 or something.
0: Well, thankfully, I wrote it down for the Death Saving Bros uh, content... It has a DC 15. Dang it! And you're just doing grease. You're not doing the
1: additional damage with it. Obviously, is doing that. Hmm. Well, do we want to murder these guys? Yep. Yeah. Or do we
3: want to just get the fuck out of here? I was murder and them. not have like huge ass bounties on our heads.
1: I was about to like slaughter these people violently. I was going to say, aren't there like a lot of people and then more people upstairs and like all this other kind of stuff and just trying to escape like...
3: I feel like we should just try and dip out.
1: I think we should stop Jet from having whatever he has and then be able to dip without sitting here and fighting all these guys for two hours.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to grease.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, they both fail. They both
0: rolled natural ones, so they fall on their asses. I chuckle. It's a podcast, this is our podcast, and this is the Mid-Roll with your DM, Paul Camper. We hope you're all doing well, listeners. We hope that you're staying safe and healthy, and that you're washing your hands and wearing a mask. For those of you that uh, were keeping track, I did say you'd hear from me on July 28th. It is now July 30th. I'm sorry about that. An internal miscommunication jockeyed our whole release schedule, so color me embarrassed. The upside is that the miscommunication happened as those of us on the podcast have been getting down to business behind the scenes in recent weeks. Ben has been leading the charge on creating new items, story hooks, and supplements that we'll be sharing with you. You can look out for those on our Instagram page at Death Saving Bros. That's the same handle we use for all of our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, and Twitter where we keep you up to date on all of our latest news. Like how we're making headway on launching our Death Saving Bros Patreon. We've got content recorded, and those clips are under-editing. The copy is being written for the landing page, so it's an exciting time. And while we're talking about Patreon, if you haven't already, you should definitely check out Will Savino and his Music D20 project, at patreon.com slash music 20 will is making original music for tabletop gaming and is even working to get some integration with virtual tabletops as well for as little as two dollars per month you can listen and download dozens of amazing tracks for yourself or your current campaigns including the theme created especially for this podcast principium The page is constantly being updated with new music. I know I just came across a half dozen that I hadn't heard yet. And other surprises, like an RPG supplement that Will has been working on with a couple of other Patreon creators. So, go check out Will's Music D20 work at patreon.com slash musicd20. Also, if you haven't already, don't forget to leave us a 5-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Podchaser. Aside from telling your friends and family about our show, leaving a review is the best way to spread the word about the podcast. And your review will get read on the air. What could be better than that, huh? But enough with all the announcements. The next scheduled release for the Death Saving Bros is August 11th, 2020, so look for us then. Oh, and one last thing. Because I know we have some extremely astute listeners, I realize I forgot to have Jet roll for concentration when he was struck with mind spike. There are a couple other upcoming things regarding his invisibility that I messed up on as well, in addition to some physics calculations that I probably did not check as thoroughly as I should have. Please forgive me. To all of you listening, stay safe, be well, and without further ado, We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming.
1: And it is Brixius' turn. All right, so is Dalvia still with us? Like, just like within talking distance?
0: She did step away. The crowd has gotten kind of turbulent, I guess.
1: But you can see her. Gotcha. Uh, My thought process is she seems to have predicted and dreamt all of this. So how far away is she? Uh, From you, she is 30 feet away.
0: And she's standing in
1: a corner. Oh, yeah. She's the woman in the corner. Um, All right. Well, while all this commotion is going on, believe it or not, I'm not going to be the one fighting right now. (laughs) I will, however, make sure that my shield is out in case somebody tries to fight me, as well as Warhammer, and I guess I will move over to Dalvia within my 30 feet range, and i got to carefully think what I want to ask her in my 6 seconds of a turn. Um, So, you say that you've had these dreams, Dalvia. What happens next? What do we need to do here? She turns to you and shrugs. She says, I don't know what happens next. You said your dreams have been getting more vivid and realistic and real. Can we trust you? And I pull out my coin of the purified with the lotus flower and start casually kind of flashing it a little bit so she could see. Uh. (laughs) She looks at it
0: and says, you know, I could kill you with a wink of my eye. I don't know
1: what that means. (laughs) Like,
0: literally? (laughs) And she just gives you a feline grin. Well, this has been not helpful to me. (laughs) Then the last two of the gentlemen that had stepped in front of you, one is going to jump forward towards Abe, and that would be Andy. And then Steve is going to move towards Prothean and Ambionitis. He's on the right, so he's going to go after Prothean, who's first in line. Does he slip on the grease? No, he steps around the grease. Steve is going to roll a 24, so that will hit Prothean. And then um, a 19. Will that hit you, Abe?
3: Hell no, it won't. No. Not with my shield out. Dang it, why did I give you- Fuck off, Andy. You sack of shit.
0: <laughs> Alright, and then they're going to attack again. Oh, a nat 20 and a 19. <laughs> so, they're both going to hit you. Protien, you are going to take 28 with that critical hit. Fuck. And then, uh Abe, you're going to take-
3: Wait, didn't he roll another 19?
0: Plus his modifiers. It was a natural 20 and a natural 19.
3: Oh, shiz.
0: So you're going to take 13. Ooh. Slashing damage. I
5: don't like that.
0: And then uh, the guards, more guards appear under where Jet had been standing, and they're going to shoot their crossbows up in your direction. They are still going to have advantage, because, disadvantage because you are invisible. Jet, does a 19 hit you?
2: It uh, That is my armor class.
0: Okay, meets and beats. So they rolled a 19, a 20, and a non-naturally, and then a 7. So you will get two crossbow bolts to you.
2: Do I get a reaction for each crossbow bolt?
0: No, you get one reaction per turn.
2: Okay. Well, I'm going to try to catch one of them. You still roll for damage. I reduce the damage by 1d10. If it hits zero, it's caught. Gotcha.
0: So the first... Crossbow Bolt is going to hit you for five damage. Okay. Hold on. He gets five damage and I get 28. Yeah, you got hit with two attacks at one or at 2d6 a piece plus three <laughs> and then a critical hit. So it was actually. Oh, okay. 5d6 plus six. I thought it was some, like one hit. No, it was both hits. Um, so did you reduce the damage on that one? No. Okay, and then the next one is also going to be a five.
2: Okay, so I do 1d10, and I negated it. What'd you roll? Well, I rolled a three, but it's 1d10 plus my dexterity plus my monk level.
0: Oh, dang. All right, so yeah, you catch this thing. They're firing up at you, and you've got this mental spike in the back of your brain. Uh, Just go ahead and paint me a picture of how this works
3: just catch it and put
2: it straight in your pocket so it disappears and they're like what the fuck (laughs) (laughs) so when i catch the second one like the first one's gonna hit me so that there's gonna be just this obvious floating arrow i suppose or once it becomes like a part of my body since it's inside of me does that also become invisible
0: um it's actually a really good question
2: (laughs) do
4: you have ownership
2: (laughs) of an arrow that's inside of me? I'd hope so.
0: (laughs) Anything the target is wearing or carrying is invisible. So I guess you're suddenly wearing it because it is a part of you.
2: (laughs) 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 Alright, so I guess the one arrow just disappears as, you know, there would be some sort of a yelp of pain, though, I would assume, since there's a spike in the back of my head. I am going to catch the second one, and I'm going to spend a Kai point, actually, to redirect it towards that one dude who seems to see me. Okay. So I get to do... It's a redirection with proficiency, and it's a magical weapon.
0: Okay. So...
2: So does that just count like I roll a d20 for the hit? Yep.
0: It's going to be like any ranged spell attack, or any ranged attack.
2: Okay. 25.
0: That'll hit this this uh, this soldier. And how much damage are you going to do?
2: Well, how much do those things roll for? You gotta know, because you're the one who shot him at me.
0: <laughs> uh, 1d10. Was that with an addition of anything? Uh, I guess it'd be your dexterity bonus.
2: Okay. 13 damage. Dang. Rolled an 8.
0: So you like moonshot this and it comes up at you you grab it out of the air, turn around on the spot and then pick up speed as it comes back at this guy and you wind up doing doubly as much damage as he would have done to you.
2: Yeah, I like spin around the rope and I throw it on like while I'm halfway through my arc.
0: Okay, and because you were hit, the staff allows you to cast the spell of invisibility, which is concentration. So I will need you to roll a d20 to see if you maintain concentration.
2: Oh, target.
0: And, and that's a Constitution saving throw.
2: Thank you. Twenty-two.
0: You are more than up to the task of holding on to your concentration, and you remain invisible. Protheon, we are back at the top of the round. You have. Two of these uh, armed men on you. I love one there's two men on me.
4: <laughs> what I'm gonna do is I'm going to lunge at the one that just hit me and did that massive amount of damage. Oh, trying to use inflict
0: wounds on him. The 17 hit? A 17 will not hit.
2: What kind of just nobles, drunk at a party kind of people are these?
4: <laughs> these are. Now, is an inspiration found to reroll that one? <laughs> no.
2: You have to do that before the outcome is told.
0: Oh, damn it. Wait, do you have inspiration? I have uh, one inspiration. Block. Oh, okay. I don't know what for. Well, that is good to know, but yeah, you already know that it failed, so you can't use it. All right, I'm going to use my second attack. You can't, because you cast a spell. Oh, yeah. You can do a bonus action if you have a bonus action that is a cantrip or um, other. Or move. Or you can move. I'm done.
2: Just move your arm right past where his face is supposed to be.
0: I'm grabbing my shield. Okay. A shield's out. So you now have uh, Steve, who is on the ground in front of you. By the way, Brian was the one that did all the damage to you. <laughs> Steve is on the ground in the grease, and he's gonna try and stand up. So, they when they start their turn, they have to make a dexterity saving throw. Abe.
3: Uh, yes. Okay and
0: the dc is 6 or 15? Yep. Okay. He slips and falls back in the mud or in the in the grease.
2: In the good times.
0: Um and that's not their action, is it?
3: Uh well trying to stand up is part movement, right?
0: Right, but um is the the attempt to, I don't think
3: it's like counts as like Okay,
0: it doesn't count as an action to stand. Yeah. Okay. So he's just going to then slash at Prothean from the ground, which will be a disadvantage strike, but he's going to do it anyways. He rolled a natural five, so he will miss Prothean as he's slipping and sliding around in the grease. And then Mick, who took that massive strike from Ambionitis, is also slipping around in the grease. He's gonna try and stand up. He rolled a natural 19, so he will be able to stand, roll, or he'll roll out of the greasy area, stand on two feet, and then lunge forward at Ambionitis, rolling a nat 20.
3: Oh, of course he does.
0: And then he's going to swing again, rolling a natural five. Also, Steve has another attack, so he's going to swing another disadvantaged strike at Prothean. And that is going to be a 15, or no, 15 plus 5. Does that hit you, Prothean? Is that a 15 plus 5? Yeah, so a 20? Yeah, it hits me. Okay. So we've got one attack on each of you, and for Ambionitis, it'll be double damage. 19 on Ambionitis, which is halved down to 10 Uh round up because it is slashing damage and you have resistance to that while you're in rage. And then against Prothean, you're going to take uh, 10 damage from Steve's strike. I'm getting fucked up right now. Yeah, and you think you can beat us one on one? I am really terrible. Jet, you are up on the tightrope. You have been struck by one crossbow bolt. You managed to fling back another, and there are six guards under you, and they have a better idea of where to shoot you na- to shoot at now. Also, you have that massive, massive pain in the back of your skull.
2: So that dude who uh, I hit him with the arrow, like, that didn't... Hitting him didn't, like, break his concentration of whatever he's head-damaging me with? No, uh,
0: hitting him has not affected you in any way
2: all right and I assume he just looks mildly inconvenienced by being hit with an arrow
0: well more than mildly he looks very very hurt by the damage you inflicted
2: okay so I would like to try to just use my bungee whip which I pulled out last turn and I want to hit it on this tightrope and then try to launch myself just out one of the windows
0: you are underground and there are no windows.
2: We are underground and there are no windows. Okay. <laughs>
1: uh, <laughs> the windows are painted on. You just hit cement. <laughs> you try to, to roadrunner Wily Coyote
0: through the wall.
5: All you hear is the satisfying crunch of his entire spine.
2: <laughs> All right, I want to do that towards the nearest exit.
0: Um, the nearest exit to you that is not the main exit would be the gallery behind the musicians.
2: All right, so I'm going to be swinging past the musicians.
0: Okay, I'm going to need you to make an acrobatics check. Cool. And this will be your entire turn. This is going to require immense skill in order to accomplish.
2: To just swing and jump?
0: Yeah. Technically, any sort of skill check during combat counts as your action, but generally if it's like a perception check, I just let you do it. But this is going to require a full action.
2: The 25.
0: All right, 25. That succeeds. And you, Indiana Jones...
2: I throw myself off the tightrope, and then I just whip it. Oh, okay. So that it grabs onto it, and then I just swing it and then jump off at the right time. All
0: right. You swing under, come up in a parabolic arc, releasing the whip at the precise moment so that you land amongst the musicians...
2: And even though I'm still invisible, I make sure to do a backflip and stick the landing.
0: Put your arms up like a gymnast.
2: And then, nah, nah, never mind. I was going to mess with one of the instruments, but I'm hell-bent on getting out of here right now.
0: Okay. Uh, I need each of you to make a wisdom saving throw, please.
2: All right, I passed with a natural 20.
0: (gasps) I had a 22.
2: 20 non-naturally.
1: Jesus, what? What the fuck is... How are you all so high in wisdom?
2: Yeah, I I passed with an 11. We've been practicing for a month.
1: I rolled a natural 20, the first wisdom check today, and this was a natural 19. So I'm really not that high in wisdom. It's just rolling well. I got a 16.
5: Yeah, I passed with 11.
1: (laughs) All right. So the only one to roll higher than a 20.
0: Well, oh, Brad, you said that Jet rolled a nat, nat 20? Yeah. So, Jet, what is your actual total?
2: Oh, jeez. Um, that was a wisdom saving throw? Mm-hmm. wisdom wisdom's plus four, so it would be 24.
0: Okay. Uh, that is enough. Wait, what was the save we had to beat? Uh, 20. So then I guess only Ambionitis and Prothean are compelled to do this. Um, you are going to suddenly feel compelled to drop your weapons and surrender. I think I need an
4: advantage on this because my character is known to never back down from a fight or surrender. It's against my religion. I need a advantage roll on this.
3: It sounds reasonable.
0: I think that's a reasonable argument. No, <laughs> no it's not. Paul, <laughs> you're fired. You drop your weapons. Then you also see all four of the men that were attacking you, um, Andy, Mick, Brian, and Steve, and then three of the Gen- three of the guards that were shooting crossbow bolts at Jet, they all dropped their weapons and put their hands above their heads.
5: What the fuck? It's affecting friend and foe alike. So now am I just raging because my Warhammer's on the ground?
1: You're just standing there,
5: your hands are up, screaming. Just
1: like, ah!
2: <laughs> I'm so angry I can't finish this fight right now.
5: This is like one of those Dragon Ball Z moments where they're screaming for 30 minutes of filler episodes. You mean like three or four episodes long? Bingo. Like the spirit bomb against Frieza? Yes. <laughs> All right, are of. we
1: going to keep in like turn initiative order uh, still, or is it kind of open after that happens?
0: Uh, we're going to stay in initiative since so many people uh, actually succeeded, and I can't believe that you did. I mean, I do,
1: but I like it's ridiculous.
3: <laughs> yeah. Translation, I tried so hard to railroad you guys. And <laughs> oh, fuck I, I, yourselves. I was just gonna
1: make the, the statement, who do we see that doesn't drop their weapons? Other than of course myself, Abe and Jet. Like, see me. within like the party and everything like that and everything that's going on, like the only people that you see that don't drop their weapons are three of the people that were
0: shooting crossbow bolts at where at the tightrope. Three of them and
1: then uh Eubrixius and Abe. So it's like it's almost like a random thing. It doesn't look like there's like somebody like who was in charge or anything like that that like put a spell on everybody else and like started to like take control of everybody or anything like that. It just like looks like a random mishap at a party where it's like, what's going on here? On your turn, you can make a in-depth perception check. Okay, I guess I'll wait for my turn to start doing stuff.
0: Ambienitis. Um you are compelled to drop your weapon and surrender. You do so. And because you do not take damage and you do not attack anything this turn, you fall out of rage. You are no longer screaming like Dragon Ball Z.
5: Man, I feel so calm.
0: And then uh, the guards that, as I said before, the guards that were underneath the tightrope, they also drop their weapons and surrender. And then Abe, you do not feel compelled and you see this happening to two of your companions and some of the guards, and it's your turn.
3: Well, I guess I'm going to be very confused, but I'm going to take the lull to um, try and at least figure out where Jet is right now, and I'm going to flip up my eye patch and use some true sight. Ooh,
0: all right, oh, I forgot that you can do that. I like it,
3: though. And while I'm looking for Jet, I also want to glance around and like see if there's anything else
2: goofy.
0: Okay. Does Mickey also have Goofy's here?
2: <laughs>
0: then go ahead and make a perception check for me, because you couldn't see him before.
2: And Jet's very sneaky.
0: Very
3: sneaky.
2: Fifteen.
0: All right, I think that's good enough. You are looking over the the crowd. You don't see anything that pops out specifically at you, other than what you're you were originally looking for, which is first and foremost Jet. You see that Jet has just landed. You actually catch his backflip and him sticking the landing as he lands in the musician's gallery. I give oh, a little
3: clap. Somebody saw it. Yes, That was me clapping. Oh, okay. But not with my hands.
0: And then Brixius. <laughs> Abe just spent his turn making a perception check. What are you perceiving?
3: Yeah, whoa. Well, oh, what, once I see where he is, I want to... So, I see that... Um, Ambionitis and Protheon are both fucked up right now, right? Yes. All right. And I see that Brixius
2: isn't. Or, like, he seems normal at the moment. One of his eyes glances (laughs) over to you.
0: Yeah. uh, Yes. Brixius has not dropped his. Well, he never really drew his weapon, but he hasn't dropped his shield.
3: All right. I want to. Once I see where Jet is, I want to try and get, like, his attention. Like, Brixius. And try and, like, motion that Jet is over there without being, like,.
1: Do it in bird calls. Wait, do you speak abyssal? I speak, yes. I speak abyssal. (laughs) Not many people do. (laughs) They just shout to me at abyssal. (laughs) I'm just gonna, I'm gonna be like, (laughs) 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 Hey! Ah! do (laughs) that? Swear to me! (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. All right, well, then what I'm going to use my (laughs) turn to do is just screech back, ah, (laughs) first. Um, And how far away is Jet on the other side of the choir area? Uh, 60 feet. Okay. Well, what I want to do precisely is... Nice. Okay. I'm going to move 30 feet in the direction of Jet First off, remember, he's 60 feet hypotenuse. He's above you. Oh, I thought he came and landed on the ground. No, he's in the musician but... gallery, which is above the party. It's about 30 feet in the air. All right, so let me ask you this. Not that I'm making this move right now because I might do something else first, but if I were to move 30 feet in his direction, then try to cast Mage Hand, which goes an additional 30 feet to try to grab the uh, Diademic Zorius off of him, would that not be possible then because of the hypotenuse direction? Yes, you could. The
0: hypotenuse direction is 60 feet from you. However, you cannot see him. All right. You know he's up in the musician gallery, but you're going to be at at least disadvantage, if if
1: not more, to try and grab something that you can't see.
2: <laughs> what is more than disadvantage?
1: Okay, now, what if I do something? Like, I take my bag of popcorn, and I have my mage hand sprinkle popcorn, and I wait to see where it hits Jed at for a figure. Because I would, like, you know a little powder or something all over him where you'd be able to see his invisible outline, but since I don't have that, I can just fucking throw some buttery popcorn at him and see if that sticks.
3: What if I paint him such a vivid picture of his stance and where he is in Abyssal?
1: Yeah, the entire time I'm moving my mage hand, I am communicating yelling back and forth with Abe, and he's telling me, like, we're playing the hot and cold game. Warmer, warmer, warmer! (laughs) He's right there! You're on fire! I'm just (laughs)
5: like... I was like left, left, <laughs> left. No, too much. Right.
0: You you could definitely do the popcorn thing, but that would only identify his location for anybody else that can act before his turn,
1: because that would be your full action then. Hmm. All right. Could we do the left and right thing? <laughs>
5: <laughs> Steady.
1: <laughs> and because of how great he can paint a picture, it would give me advantage. Actually, if Abe had taken his turn to aid you, then yes. Can he aid me as a bonus action?
2: Only if I get an action because you guys are yelling to each other, I would know something's going on.
1: No, we speak an Abyssal. You don't know what the hell's going on. I don't know what is
2: going on, but We're something's something We're on the other side on. of a crowded ballroom. Well,
1: you, you wouldn't even be suspicious about anything. You'd be more suspicious that everybody just dropped their shit. <laughs> <laughs> I speak Abyssal. Unfortunately, no. Because I said
0: that it would take a full action to... Because Abe wasn't using his true sight before from his magical eye... He had to use his full action. I won't I won't give him the aid. Well, that's why I'm saying as a bonus action. No. Cause aid is a full action. Interesting. But, you know, there are other people that could still act before Jet moves.
3: I'm gonna be like, look look with your special eyes.
1: <laughs> I can show you the monk. <laughs> Instead of the popcorn, I can just carry a lit torch over there and try to catch him.
3: <laughs> well, if uh If either of Brixius' eyes ever happen to look in the same direction, he also gets true sight.
1: (laughs) Yeah, if they ever line (laughs) up like (laughs) the stars align, (laughs) you know, something magical happens where I can see shit. You automatically get a plus 20 to intelligence. intelligence. Alright, now let me ask you this. I know a mage hand cannot make an attack for you. What if it was along the lines of something where my mage hand was carrying Siren's axe... And it just went right above jet and then let go of it so it would fall and make jet paralyzed. It's not technically making an attack, it's just dropping something on him. <laughs> <laughs> Where I float it right above his head, and then I just release the grip in no way to make an attack and just out of luck.
3: And jet just happens to be there, you know? <laughs>
1: All right. Let me let me
0: look up one thing here.
5: Or <laughs> <laughs> about che- the weight. Now check this out. So all you have to do is your mage hand just has to go over there, grab him by the neck, and squeeze as hard as it can. (laughs) About a couple minutes or so. We'll stop moving. Here's
1: the thing, Jet. you might notice it coming, but it's not your turn, so you're just gonna sit
5: there (laughs) and watch it
1: all happen to you. (laughs)
5: Right. Like the crane from Toy Story, our leader.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not even to say I'd even be able to hit him, but all I know from the very beginning is everybody's trying to fight people. But Dalvia told us first and foremost that if Jet gets this, it's gonna be very bad. And then everybody kind of ignored Jet to let him get it. <laughs> so I really want to make sure that he does not escape with this.
5: What is the worst that happens? I don't he know. He turns into Satan and kills
1: everyone? Do you
3: still and then have you
5: start a new campaign? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you still have your uh uh the crystal? Should. Cool. So, in
0: order to make that work, you would have to drop the axe, and it would have to have enough force from the fall in order to pierce Jet's skin. That requires approximately 20 newtons.
1: What the fuck were you looking up? (laughs) Where does this come from?
0: If you drop a hand axe, which according to the player's handbook is 2 pounds from a height of uh, at least 9.8 feet, you will generate 19.6 newtons so I will allow you to drop the axe from a height of at least 9.8 feet at disadvantage
1: to hit jet. What kind of conversion table are you using over here? I'm uh, pretty
3: sure you could drop a hatchet for less than 9.8 feet Especially, and it's gonna cut off your fucking tail. Especially if it's a
1: <laughs> magical sharp hatchet. I could hold it at waist height and drop it and if it hits my foot, it breaks skin. I have one question, why are we using Newtons and Dungeons and Dragons? Because we're trying to be scientific Dungeons and Dragons is very scientific. That would be my biggest argument is I can hold something level right out in front of me and if I drop it, it can at least break skin. Why are you arguing with me? I'm allowing you to do it. (laughs) Isn't a Newton like .22 pounds?
2: Yeah, Ben, for that hypotenuse to go nine feet above my head, that's much more than 60 feet. You're getting lucky.
0: What's the conversion rate? Well, he's also moved forward. He's moving forward 30 feet. Point two two four
1: eight.
3: And we we shouldn't use Newtons in Dungeons and Dragons. We need to use dragon stomps per square goblin.
1: <laughs> you said I'll have to do a disadvantage. Yes, because you can't. Again, you can't see him. Well, that's why. Abe is guiding me. Like when somebody's helping you do a claw machine and we're talking Bissell, and he just tells me to go to the left a little bit more before I drop it. But again, he didn't use his turn to aid you.
3: Well, when I said, hey, there he is.
0: <laughs> that is aid. Yeah, so he knows he knows where to
1: drop the hand axe, but he still doesn't know exactly where.
3: He's right there exactly.
1: Hey, he's can right can there behind the guy playing the tuba and he's about two feet behind him and over to the left by six inches. Great. Thanks for the accurate description. I'm going to go drop the hand axe right where you told me. <laughs> you have disadvantage. All in abyssal. One sentence. Actually...
3: Abyssal is a very efficient yeah. language. Abyssal
1: is one of those languages where you could say one word and it really means like an entire couple sentences or paragraphs. You so have when disadvantage. he just yells...
3: See, yeah, what I said was, There he is. But what I meant, <laughs> because of, you know, tone and inflection and everything, was... There he is exactly.
1: See here's the thing, Paul. You don't speak abyssal like we do, but I'm sure Prothean and Ambienitis both understood this exact thing as well, so like that's where that's where this line is getting drawn.
5: Correct <laughs>
1: <laughs> Yeah, the way I heard it was you were saying
4: it down to a millimeter of where he's at. And that's why you know In I, fact,
3: I mean with such a great description, he should get advantage.
1: That's what that's what I'm trying to argue right here. Because I don't want to go drop by accident and just, fuck, I just got rid of the most valuable item any of us have. You
2: know what's going to happen? I'm going to reduce that damage. I'm going to catch it, and it's going to be mine. Is it a projectile
3: if it's not thrown? Yeah,
2: it's dropped. It it's has a it. vector, it's an object. It has both speed and <laughs> velocity. Yeah, but Off it's not
3: topic.
1: your turn. And you've already used a reaction. <laughs> can you redirect a howitzer?
2: Yeah, as long as I can reduce the damage enough. <laughs>
1: You have disadvantage, Brixius. Go ahead and try it. All right, well, this seems to be my best bet to do, so I'm going to do this, and I'm going to use Prothean's inspiration if I fuck up. Thanks, Prothean. The fuck you are. All right, I'm going to use Prothean's inspiration. Prothean's. (laughs) (laughs) No, oh, fuck you. I I, I think I got some inspiration. Yeah, you can have it. Because that was not a good roll. And I think I really think it's in the party's best interest to stop Jet from leaving with <laughs> this. I'm not gonna promise this roll's gonna be any better. I'll I'll earn you one back after I kick your ass later. Are you kidding me? I rolled the exact same thing. <laughs> ben. Fuck you.
3: You want another inspiration? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm gonna switch and die. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God you rolled
2: another. <laughs> I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious.
1: <laughs> oh no, here's the thing, do you think this dice will roll bad three times in a row, or do I switch?
5: Switch.
4: Don't use my. I'm doing terrible. Oh,
0: what kind of attack is this? Uh, this, this would be a uh, range throw. So treat it as like if you were throwing a javelin. Uh, is this gonna have to go against
1: his AC? Yes. Yeah, what's your AC?
2: What'd you roll? Just answer
1: my fucking question just first. answer my
2: fucking question first.
1: <laughs> well, fuck nuggets. I don't hit. I rolled only a mere 13. <laughs> oh my god, oh, fuck, and bro. you burned two inspiration points with that. Well, I rolled two twos to start for one <laughs> <laughs> and then I rolled a seven. So, all right. Yeah, the hand axe misses. I pick it up. It's on your turn. <laughs> I'm just gonna yell out loud to everybody in the party everybody in regular like, common language where Jet is exactly.
2: I mean, we all speak but, Abyssal. But you don't know so where I you exactly. exactly. No,
1: I don't even want to do it just for us. Mm-hmm. I want everybody in this ballroom to know where Jet is behind the orchestra, and I yell it out.
2: That's what we call a dick move.
1: <laughs> I yell, everyone, the thief escaping with a piece of the chandelier. Is behind the orchestra right exactly there and I paint his location perfectly and I say stop him at whatever cost." Down to the micrometer. He's right over next to the axe on the ground. Do not touch my axe. It is mine. I used it in an effort to stop him but he is right over there by the axe.
3: If you look closely you can see the light bend around his thick juicy butt cheeks.
0: <sighs> All right. So then, Andy and Brian, it's their turn, and they have uh, surrendered and dropped their weapons. Uh, the guards that do that did not drop their weapons are going to fire crossbows up at the
1: orchestra with disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs> well, please tell me they're not just mutilating the entire just orchestra right here. Blindly into me. <laughs> uh, none of them are going to hit because the highest roll was a 16.
2: So
3: yes, do any of them hit? musicians.
0: <laughs> no, none of them roll that badly, but the band started leaving before they all stopped breathing, and then it is Prothean's turn. He drops his sword and surrenders, and again, uh, Mick and Steve have already done so, and Jet, just as you're about to reach down to grab that hand axe, out of the corner of your eye, you see a lone figure with a very elaborate, velveteen tux, with his tux tail streaming out behind him and his buckled shoes clicking on the ground. You see that this is another tiefling, but his horns are large and sweeping. He is holding a gem to his eye, points at you, and shouts out a word that just absolutely destroys your psyche. And I'm going to need you to roll a constitution saving throw to try and resist the power of the word he has just uttered
2: How's an 18 look?
1: You fail. How many hit points do you have? <laughs> How
2: much damage does he do? How many hit points do you have?
1: Why don't you why don't you answer a question when it's asked you? stop <laughs> answering a question with the question?
3: What was the save higher than could possibly be rolled? <laughs>
2: I believe I have 12 hit points left.
0: Oh cool. Um, if the target has 150 hit points or fewer,
2: you are stunned. I've never had 150 hit points,
5: even <laughs> at max. 150? Health. That's even more than I have. What kind of uh...
0: sick, Jesus. twisted mind do I have just to rub it in your face?
2: <laughs> no, that's not at all what I was getting at.
0: Um, yeah, so you are stunned and you drop to the ground. Uh, you can make another constitution saving throw at the end of each of your turns.
2: Wait, for what? Like to stay unstunned?
0: To end the stunning effect.
2: Okay. The guy strolls up to you and he's like,
3: Ha! You don't have 150 HP and you never will! And he stabs you in the neck.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: hey, that's how we lost weapons.
2: Yeah. So, oh, wait, how much damage did I take?
0: No damage. You're just stunned.
2: Well, so that's the end. Like, that was what, his turn? I still haven't had my turn.
0: Yes, it is now your turn. So you could end your turn and p- potentially end the stunned condition, but you it, that's all you can do this turn. A stunned creature is incapacitated, can't move, but can speak. However, only falteringly. You automatically fail strength and dexterity saving throws and attacks against you have advantage.
2: What does falteringly mean?
0: You're barely able to talk.
2: Like you're on the cusp? Of orgasmic release. Is that enough to cast the darkness spell?
0: It, you are incapacitated, and the incapacitated uh, condition means that you cannot take actions or reactions. And casting darkness would be an action. That would. So you cannot do that.
2: All right, so I just got a roll to end this, huh? Yes. And that is a constitution saving throw? Correct. 11.
3: Do you want an inspiration point? Yeah, I, I, I oh, mean... it's too fucking bad. I was gonna say, for all <laughs> Go one, to hell. Can I just <laughs> use
2: my inspiration? No, I'm kidding. All right, you
0: are still stunned.
2: You're gonna suck.
0: And then um, you're going to hear from the corner Dalvia speak in abyssal.
2: You can
1: trust me. Hey! He heard us the entire time. Oh. I don't know why when I asked her in comment in the corner she didn't just give me an answer, but this is cool
2: too. Hey, Paul. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like... I should roll to maintain my invisibility.
1: Um, you did not take damage. Yeah, but he's no longer, is he like still wielding the staff in a way? Yes. Fell to the ground, would you be able to maintain your grip on it? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, being incapacitated
0: or killed. You lose concentration if you are incapacitated or if you die. So, thank you. Uh, yeah, you're no longer invisible. Get fucked.
2: (laughs) I'm just trying to play honest.
0: Thank you very much, I appreciate that.
2: Do I get an inspiration point?
0: (laughs) I will keep it in mind. (laughs) I I promise. I won't forget this. And uh, you're going to hear Dalvia say to you, you can trust me. And then you're going to see the man that was holding the gem up to his eye shout out, musicians, knock him out. (laughs) Knock out the thief. And they're all going to lay upon Jet with their instruments and knock him out. And that's where we're going to end our episode.
3: They're all going to say, we don't get paid enough for this and bounce.
1: I'd like to make sure my mage hand picks back up the axe and brings it back to me before anybody else picks it up. Great. I swallowed the axe. Now we stop. <laughs> Fair enough.
5: I wanted to do some kicking. <laughs> kicking.
1: <laughs> yeah. Walks up with the tube. Nobody gets it. There's mayonnaise and instrument. Judges get slobbered.
2: <laughs> that could have gone a few different ways, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs>
0: They're going to be using you as an instrument next episode.
2: Yeah, it's not looking well for me.
0: Well, I hope that uh, you guys enjoyed getting a little combat and uh, that our listeners enjoyed it as well. I apologize to my players for all of the things that I had to look up to make sure that we were doing this by the book. But next episode, we are going to find out what's going on. What happens
2: when Jed snaps his neck?
0: (laughs) Well, you haven't been
4: paid more than like a slave's raids in like how long? Do you get health insurance?
3: Yeah
0: but no dental or vision.
3: You haven't been getting paid while we've been on this adventure.
0: Oh, you're using (laughs) a vacation time right now?
3: Yeah. Oh, you're unpaid? Well, he did get paid. He
0: was allowed to grab
3: something from the goblins' horde. That was more just a a gracious gift from the king of the goblins.
2: Everybody got that.
4: (laughs) Um, It's being deducted from your wages, though.
2: (laughs) Yeah, right. I'm working for free for like 12 years now. Oh, man.
3: Yeah, some magical item that probably costs like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of gold deducted from your wage of two coppers a year
0: <laughs> it's like uh, national treasure too you want to know what the taxes are on two million dollars three million dollars <laughs> all right until next time uh all of our listeners if you like what you heard head over to apple podcast stitcher or PodChaser and leave us a five-star rating and review we would love to see that from you it's a great help to us to help spread the word but of course spreading by Word of mouth is the best way to get others listening to our show and to share this adventure with more people. If you would like to chat with us, you can hit us up on social media at Saving Bros on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or Reddit. You can personally reach me on Twitter at HPCamper or on Instagram at HPCamper.14.
1: You can find me at BenFro15.
2: I'm at ima underscore b underscore rad. Is it you or me? I don't remember. Rock,
5: paper, scissors. That takes too much time. Go for it.
4: You can find me on OnlyFans. My title is dbro 69, 69, daddy.
3: Each dollar you pay is one extra pixel of
5: resolution in the pictures he'll send you. <laughs> and you can potentially potentially right that's a fucking word potentially find me on reddit at uh death saving bros well you can find me on
3: the playstation network as f-a-t-t smith
0: and to all of our listeners in your wait how does this go
2: in your homes on your phones
0: <laughs> in your homes on your phones to all of our listeners uh to all those of you listening in your cars in your homes or wherever you may be keep saving those death
1: throws, and we'll see you on the next one to all those of you is that proper let me try that again then. to all those uh, of you listening no no, yeah. no i like it leave it in Put i that also in.
2: just want to say i every time i hear it i always feel like it's like a lost opportunity to say yeah you're like in your homes on your phones like it just it sounds right Getting all those boned. of you i english major are <laughs> <laughs>
0: To those of you listening, that's what it is. To those of you listening in your cars, in your homes, on your phones, or wherever you may be, that's just too many things. Or wherever you may be, keep saving those death throws, and we'll see you on the next one. Some of the sounds and background music in this production are copyright material. The songs Big Rock, Hot Swing, Path of the Goblin King V2, Sax, Rock, and Roll, Welcome to the Show, and The Whip, Extended Version, are by Kevin MacLeod at Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0, and sourced from filmmusic.io. The track Silent Motion is music by Orchestralis. The songs Ambush Zenkorin Blinkus Temper." Caro's Song Instrumental, Gold is Meant to Be Spent, Pious Vengeance, Principium, and Colosseum are copyright Will Savino and the Music D20 Project. These tracks are used with permission, all rights reserved. The song The Ballroom Blitz by The Sweet is written by Nikki Chin and Mike Chapman. Instrumental cover is used in accordance with United States copyright fair use, all rights reserved. The Death Saving Bros. theme song is an abridged version of the song Run by Kai Angle and sourced from the Free Music Archive. This track is used with permission under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0. You can read the full license at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0 slash legal code.